You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome in. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, and I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. So grateful that you chose to listen today. Thanks for checking in. This is episode 160, and I've got a, a little bit of a unique interview uh, coming at you for you today. It is an interview with a man by the name of Ajit Fernando, who was a longtime or, or has been a longtime director with Youth for Christ, uh, has written a bunch of different stuff, has had a profound impact uh, really globally, worldwide. He's got a new book out from Crossway that I think uh, would be really valuable. When, when you first hear what the book is about, it doesn't seem like it would apply to you know everyone out there because it's written to sort of a niche audience, really written to Christian leaders, leaders of ministries, pastors, things of that nature. Uh, but as I, as I get to know the content of the book and talk to Ajit, it really felt like uh, the content would be really valuable for all people, and so I'm excited to bring this to you. Hey, before we dive into the interview, one quick favor I want to ask of everyone If you haven't had a chance to do so, would you be willing to go head on over and leave a review for the podcast? Uh, Reviews are a big, big deal. In essence, the more good reviews we have, the more people we end up reaching. And so one way you could really support the show and help expand the reach of the show is by heading on over and leaving a review. In particular, if you are someone that is an Apple user or an iTunes user, the bulk of the audience comes from there. So you can head on over, leave a five-star rating, leave a good review, That would be a big, big help. Thank you so much. All right, let's get to the interview. Uh, I had the absolute privilege and honor to interview Mr. Ajit Fernando uh, a little while back and just absolutely loved it. Um, If you're not familiar with him, uh, Mr. Fernando really is uh, like like a legend in the youth ministry evangelism world, in particular within the Youth for Christ movement. No doubt many of you are probably familiar with Youth for Christ to some extent. Um, He's really been a part of that organization for for several decades as a training leaders and counseling and, and developing resources. He was a national director for Youth for Christ in the nation of Sri Lanka uh, for more than 35 years. Today, he serves as the teaching director for Youth for Christ in that nation. But in addition to that, he travels extensively, speaking, training, counseling leaders, uh, developing resources. He's written 16 books. uh, And on top of that, he's written just a a myriad, just a bunch of articles and booklets and essays. And he's produced curriculums and videos, again, training leaders and really developing people within the Youth for Christ movement. And so honestly, it's really a big deal that I even got a chance to to book him for the podcast um, because this guy has done interviews with media outlets just way, way bigger than Theology for the Rest of Us with way further reach than this podcast has. And so uh, the fact that he would take time out to, to do the interview with the pod, with the, you know, with this podcast and invest in in me and 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 you, the listener, uh, it's just a really big deal. I count on a privilege and an honor. I'm really thankful uh, for Mr. Fernando. He out, he just came out with a new book uh, where he really talks about uh, healthy family lives, and now it's written specifically to pastors and Christian leaders within nonprofits and different you know organizations. Um, really based on his experience training leaders within the Youth of Christ movement, you know, for nearly four decades now. Um, but I, but I thought I wanted to share this interview with you guys because because there are some things he shares that I think really applies to everyone, not just Christian leaders and pastors. He talks a lot about making sure we have healthy family lives. We really balance our our, our church and leadership responsibilities with our healthy 
family life or making sure we have a healthy family life that we're balancing our family responsibilities with our ministry and leadership responsibilities. And he just talks a lot in the interview as well in his, his new book about the, you know, about the idea he's seen so many leaders and so many Christians really uh, take their church responsibilities and, and kind of prioritize prioritize them over their responsibilities with their family and how that really is a dev that really is a detriment uh, to your family and he really talks about how to really balance that and so i'm excited to bring you this interview again ajit fernando just a, a legend with tremendous amount of wisdom and i and i think you guys are really gonna get a lot out of this so without further ado my interview with ajit fernando We are on the line with Ajit Fernando. He is in Sri Lanka, so several hours ahead of us, but excited to have him on the line today. Uh, Mr. Fernando, how are you tonight? Oh, doing fine. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining Theology for the rest of us. Uh, really excited. Uh, was introduced to some of your work not too long ago, and think you got some really great thoughts. So you've got a new book coming out, and I would love to get, you know, get your thoughts um, as to you know, what what the book is about and why you wrote it. So just take, take a few minutes and tell us about that. Yes, the, the book is entitled The Family Life of a Christian Leader. And it came directly out of my ministry. Uh, I spend a lot of time now mentoring younger uh, Christian workers, leaders and pastors. And uh, I was quite surprised to find that a lot of people who are fine Christians uh, still are having uh, fairly serious problems in their marriage, problems adjusting. So I realized that there's a lot in our culture that uh, that really seems to um, mitigate against uh, a, a healthy family life. So this book actually came out of this counseling and mentoring ministry that I've been doing as I began to face issues. Uh, I, I began to find out how people were facing issues. I thought I must write on those issues. Now, do you find that people face the similar issues in, in multiple – I know you've done work in multiple countries and uh, spent most of your life in Sri Lanka, but you've also been in the States. And you, are there – do you find that there are similar issues cross-culturally? Uh, yeah, you, you know, the thing that surprised me when I wrote this book, I, I first thought this is one book that I'll write for Asia. But as I began to talk to people in the States, in, in, in the West, I realized that these same problems are there uh, in the West also. The, they may, there may be slight uh, differences in the way that they manifest themselves. But um, I think in this global culture, there is a lot of commonality within the different cultures. And, and, and I began to see that. So I wrote the book with a wider audience in mind. Mm. Man, you know, I, I've, uh, I've been in ministry, you know, ministry, been in leadership. And I know that in my own life, um, I've struggled in times to really feel like I keep a, a healthy balance and taking care of my own soul. And, and I know many guys in pastor leader, pastoral leadership have said similar things. Um, we hear stories of marriages and family. Um, maybe just take a few minutes out and kind of tell our audience, what are some of maybe the greatest reasons why people end up having struggles, you know, as Christian leaders and Christian ministries still end up having trouble with relationships and family and family life? Uh, well, actually, I, one of the things that really surprised me um, as I began to write, uh, very often I would write a chapter uh, using biblical principles. And um, after I write the chapter in one of my, inter in one of my mentoring appointments, I'll see that 
uh, what I wrote in the chapter may not be practical for these people that in, even though they are following what I wrote in the chapter, uh, they are having so many problems. So I began to, uh, so I, I wrote basic principles and then after writing those basic principles, I would um, write another chapter or a part of a chapter on challenges to that principle. For example, uh, I found that a lot of people who are very godly, however, are quite stubborn when it comes to their self and, uh, and what they want to do. Mm. And so after writing a chapter on the place that God has in a home, I had to write a chapter on, um, on um, how, to, uh, uh, how to crucify self in the home. Um, then I wrote a chapter on unity, why unity is so important. But immediately after writing that chapter, I wrote another chapter on the love fight. In other words, when you're married, you know, you need to know how to fight. Fighting is a natural part of uh, a family life, but there are certain rules that we have to follow. When we have this so-called love fight, confrontations, when problems come. So, uh, so uh, that was another issue. Another issue was, you know, that very often people don't understand what their spouses want and they think they are serving their spouses well, but actually um, they may be making some major mistakes. For example, um, you know, respecting a husband or showing affection to a wife. Uh, these things are things that we sometimes take for granted, but we may be missing out on what the other person wants. So I used to ask uh, wives, for example, when I speak, what do you want your husband to do? And so there, I, I got a long list of things and I, I wrote, that, wrote up that list in the book, um, you know, so that uh, very often it's misunderstanding. And also I think that for us Christians, for most of us, our cross is the balanced life. In other words, to, to be a good servant of Christ, to do your job well, to, uh, to uh, you know, look after your own personal life. And in addition to that, to really care for your family, sometimes is quite a strain. It, it's, it's, it's right. It's quite tiring. Mm. And um, and so I have come to the conclusion that if we think of the balanced life as our cross, we will be willing to pay the price that is required to have a happy family. In other words, in the midst of our busy ministry, uh, busy uh, workplace issues, uh, that we will still, uh, and busy devotional life, we will still give the time that is needed uh, to, to nurture a family. But if we don't have a proper understanding of the cross, we'll feel sorry for ourselves. Oh, we are sacrificing so much. Um, this is something that I'm particularly concerned about the West. Uh, because in the West, very often when people uh, know that somebody is suffering from something, the question that is asked is, have they done something wrong? There is something that is not right here. Whereas in the Bible, Suffering is a normal part of life. It's just one of the things that goes with being a Christian. And so if you don't have a positive attitude towards suffering, towards stress, towards <coughs> the pressures of marriage, um, that kind of um, experience of stress within marriage is considered something that is not good, not right. And then we get disillusioned and we don't know how to properly respond to it. Whereas if we expected this as part of what it means to be a disciple of Christ, 
then we could equip ourselves and know that this is normal and therefore in the midst of this i can have hope that god is doing something good mm. man you you just said some really uh, profound things uh maybe sounding simple to some people but uh, i think it, interesting that you said uh, you know specifically some of the things in the west um and there are several things you mentioned, but the last thing you mentioned stuck out to me. How sometimes maybe we feel sorry for ourselves. It was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sacrificing a lot. I'm giving up a lot. Um, there's almost this sense of uh, maybe we overvalue our own sense of 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 sacrifice or how much we we bring to the table in terms of uh, being good ministers. Um, how does this like as people continue to do ministry leadership? You know, if someone continues with this attitude and they and it doesn't or any of the, you know, or any attitude where maybe they're not quite having you know a quality view of how their family life ought to be, what's some of the things that might happen if, if this goes unaddressed? Well, well I think uh, uh, that talks about a big problem that we are facing today. There are a lot of Christian leaders who are very angry. They're angry at God, they're angry at the church, they're angry at the people whom they work with uh, because they don't have this principle that suffering problems, stress, strain, misunderstanding, opposition, this all is part of the Christian life. And because they don't have that, when they face it, they get very angry. Mm. That's one problem. Another problem is that because of this, because people are not used to suffering, they don't stick to their commitments. Very often they will leave the church that they belong to. They will leave the spouse that they married um, because they are not used to clinging to their commitments. Uh, every generation brings with it challenges to, Christian, to their Christian life. And I think this generation's huge challenge is coming to grips with the Christian understanding of commitment. Commitment is very inconvenient. And so when people find that they are inconvenienced because of their commitments, they tend to opt out, to leave. Uh, and uh, I think that is uh, causing havoc in the world because when people don't stick to their commitments, you end up with a very insecure generation. People who have gone from place to place and not solved their problems, and that results in a lot of insecurity. So I think um, coming to grips with the theology of suffering is vital for a joyous Christian life. I think a mature Christian is someone who is able to combine a broken heart with the joy of the Lord. If he, because those two go together in the Christian life. When you're involved with people, your heart breaks, but God never disappoints. And so we can find joy in him and serve people with a broken heart. That's some really, really great thoughts. Um, you know, I, re I love the idea of just recognizing that we do have brokenness, but man, um, that, that, you know, w when we live this life out properly, when we live the Christian life out the way that Christ, you know, designed for us, um, that God can actually use that in a profound way in ministry. Uh, really, man, really, really beautiful truth uh, for all of us. And so uh, w one of the questions I was going to ask you, you mentioned sometimes you, you mentioned insecurity before that you mentioned um Ang you 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 mentioned Christian leaders sometimes being angry. Um, yeah, th th that that's a unique one. I don't. I wasn't expecting you to say that one. So that that one stands out to me. Can you spend maybe just a minute, kind of unpacking in, in what ways that may how that begins to impact 
that Christian leader's life beyond maybe what we might realize? Yeah, uh, because of disappointments that they face in ministry, uh, people, uh, you know, they, they can end up bitter. And when you're bitter, you're not happy in ministry. Then the price that you pay becomes too heavy a burden to bear. And that's when, uh, you know, uh, that's when there are a lot of problems. Their families are unhappy when the father or the mother who's involved in ministry is unhappy. The children end up blaming the ministry for the unhappiness in their home. And so it has a bad effect even on the family. I think it's very important that, you know, for, for people, um, children of, of ministry families, whether they are full-time or volunteer ministers, um, they need to be proud of what their parents are doing. Otherwise, they get angry with God. And, um, and if uh, the, the, the children see that their parents are unhappy because they have been involved in Christian work, they are going to blame the one who sent them out to Christian work. And that one is God. So they end up blaming God. And so this is, uh, this is one of the problems that I think is, is so serious. This is why I think we should battle Battle with our disappointments. Lament, groan to God. I think we have permission. The Bible gives us a lot of permission to groan, to lament, to express our pain. Go to him, receive his comfort, and then as a comforted person, go back to ministry. Otherwise, we go back as angry people. Well, that's a really, really great point. Uh, Ajit, that, that speaks to me personally as well. I know that that's something I've grappled with in ministry leadership. So, I mean, that's some really, really great thoughts. Um, I know that in your book that, that's being released soon, um, you, you, you give readers some practical guidance and practical advice on responding to some real-life situations in the home, uh, as well as some thoughts on how to deal with disappointment, pursuing joy. Um, maybe just spend a few minutes, kind of, if you can give the audience, maybe just two or three practical things that you think every Christian leader should be doing to, to really help balance their Christian life and their, and their family life? Um, I would say the number one thing is to be listening. Um, you know, sometimes I think I'm a very good husband. And unlike all these other husbands who don't care for their wives. And then suddenly my wife will tell me, uh, don't you realize that we haven't had a good chat for several days? And then my bubble is burst and I realize, my goodness, I haven't really been a good husband. So I think listening to each other is very important. Uh, humble listening, uh, realizing that we all make mistakes. I think, uh, I think one of the things that uh, until we go to heaven, we are going to be making mistakes. We, are, we, we have so many weaknesses. And to come to grips with our weaknesses and allow ourselves to be corrected, to change, uh, to apologize, uh, these are things that I think are very important. Uh, for example, our mood at home, I, I mentioned in my book how sometimes when I'm under a lot of stress, I tend to get angry at home and, you know, just just blow, blow a fuse. And um, uh, I, I mentioned how when our children were small, uh, sometimes when they are screaming or something, I might just snap at them. And then I decided that when I'm under pressure in my workplace, that I will tell my children, father is under pressure right now. So if I get angry, it's not because of you. It's because of the pressure. Uh, in other words, to be, a, to be realistic. And so that they don't end up confused and angry uh, because we 
have expressed anger in an unreasonable way. So I think one of the things that I'm trying to say is that there are biblical principles to guide us, but also we are weak people and we reckon with both those features and work very hard at following those biblical principles. Man, it, there's some really great, great stuff there. You know, I, as you're talking, I was thinking about the number of moments in my own life where I've had uh, a blow up or been frustrated with someone and very, very similarly have had to have had to go back and apologize and communicate with that person. Um, but I, I love what you just said, like r- recognizing the source and really articulating that to whoever the person is could be extremely valuable. Um, really good stuff. You know, our, our time is winding down, uh, but I would love to just ask you one other question uh, for for the person that maybe is not in a leadership role. You know, maybe there's a Christian who who doesn't who's not a leader in an official way. Um, maybe they maybe they're a parent, so they've got some leadership at home. Um, but maybe in general, they don't look at themselves as a leader. But they've got Christian leaders in their life. Is there anything that the that the typical Christian can do to help the, the their Christian leaders? with their family life? Like, is there something that someone can do in the church to help their pastors and to help the leaders in their Christian life? Well, I think one of the important things is to pray for them and to tell them that you pray for them and, uh, and to be, uh, you know, conscious, you know, sometimes we make so many demands of our leaders uh, that, um, that, that they feel under so much pressure. And if they know that we are with them, we are behind them, we care for them, uh, I think that's a very helpful thing. I am, um, um, I go to a church. Uh, I'm not a pastor, but I'm very, very involved in my church. And one of the things I like to be uh, is that just a, a source of encouragement to, to the pastor to write him a note when, uh, when, or a text message when, uh, when I have been blessed by a sermon and things like that. Um, and also to to somehow make sure that they are that we don't blame the spouses. Uh, I don't know how it is in the states, but in Sri Lanka, very often our people blame the, our spouses uh, for for their behavior. And if we can be part of uh, you know like an advocate for them, uh, just so that they know that they have people who care for them, I think that's something that we can do for our leaders. And that's a that's a really really great thought. I want to encourage every listener uh, to really do those sorts of things uh, for your pastors, for the Christian leaders in your own life. Uh, I think I, I I I echo that and agree. What an incredible value that could be. Um, really excited to promote this book uh, coming from Crossway this summer, "The Family Life of a Christian Leader" by Ajit Fernando. I want to highly encourage every Christian leader to get this. And maybe maybe you don't call you maybe you don't think of yourself as a leader. Pick up a book and maybe give it to your pastor or someone in your life, you know, as a as a gift to them, uh, Mr. Fernando. Before I let you go, uh, if there's someone listening to this that would like to kind of just follow what you've been doing um, in your ministry and your writing, what's the best way for someone to follow you? Well, um, I have several talks on YouTube, but uh, apart from that, we have I have we have an, a website called AjitFernando.com. So there you get details of what I'm doing and things that I've written and stuff like that. Well, we will we will definitely make sure that we have a link to your website uh, on our website in the show notes for this episode over at theologyfortherestofus.com. 
um, as well as uh, some of the links to your YouTube stuff. That would be great. Would love to be able to share that uh, with our audience. Uh, Mr. Fernando, thank you so much for spending time with us. I know you're a busy guy. You've written a bunch of books. You do lots of ministry. And uh, the fact that you would take time out to invest in our audience is a really, really big deal. So thank you very much. Thank you. Nice to talk to you, Kenneth. And there you have it, my interview with Ajit Fernando. I thought that was some really great stuff. I really think if you take to heart some of the thoughts he offers and apply that to your life, I think that'll be a really great asset. I want to highly encourage you to really prayerfully consider also maybe some of the things that your pastor or your leader in whatever Christian context you're in, uh, consider what are the things, some of the things they're dealing with and some of the burdens they carry and really prayerfully consider how you can step in and maybe serve your leaders in that way. And then of course, for all of us, no matter what our level of responsibility is, uh, really making sure that a healthy family life is a high priority. So I want to encourage you to really consider some of the words that uh, Mr. Fernando shared with us as you seek to develop a healthy family life you know, in your own household. Uh, if you're interested, check out the book. Again, it's called The Family Life of a Christian Leader, and it is available now from Crossway. And I'll have a link to where, the spot where you can get that book um, on our website in the show notes for this episode. You can head on over to theologyfortherestofus.com. Look at the show notes for episode 160. I'll have a link to the place where you can purchase that book right there. And then, of course, I'll have Mr. Fernando's website and contact info in the show notes for this episode as well. And then, of course, while you're on our website over at theologyfortherestofus.com, you can check out our resources page. i got a bunch of recommended books and blogs and other podcasts and things that will be of value to you. Uh, and then, of course, the other previous 159 episodes are all on our website the archive of all of our website of all of our old episodes are there on the website with show notes additional resources and recommended readings with each individual episode uh, and you can do searches on the episode there or on the website you know throughout the, throughout all the episodes you can search by topic genre uh, idea question whatever check that out over at theology for the rest of us.com Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hey, if you're someone that loves to listen to lots of different podcasts, I want to encourage you to check out my other podcast, the Student Ministry Podcast. It's designed for anyone seeking to invest in the lives of middle school, high school, or college students. The easiest way to find it is on the web at studentministrypodcast.com. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like me to address here on Theology for the Rest of Us, I'd love to hear from you. Or if you know someone that you think would make a great interview guest, I'd love to hear from you as well. Shoot me an email. The best email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Hey, if you'd like to connect with me personally, the best place to do that is on Twitter. I'm sort of a Twitter-holic. I love connecting with people there. Feel free to find me on Twitter. My handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.